PK in the Mornings is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Time to welcome in Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio pre-half and post-game analyst. Tim, good morning. Good morning, my dear friends. Tim, I am curious. The Jazz won nine in a row. And people were pumped. They've gone five and four. People are a little stressed. Do you go big picture and say, ah, they're 14 and four. That's about what you'd expect over 18 games. Relax. Or the coach in you, you, dry, you, you, you drill down into the details and there's stuff that's definitely bugging you. Uh, you know, I actually think the Jazz, for the most part, have played pretty well. Um, they, they've, for the first time all year, they've been affected by, you know, and I'm knocking on wood, I do this every time. But a little bit of the injury bug, you know, I think one of the great stories of the season is how they, um, you know, were able to kind of stay healthy as a group and certainly had guys miss from time to time. You know, I think Conley's uh, hamstring was very, you know, that was kind of a scary thing. Um, But I thought they handled it great. They've they've certainly done so since with back-to-backs and kind of monitoring that. Um, But... I think they just may have played one of their best games of the year um, the other night. And, uh, you know, I know everybody will be quick to say, easy, the Lakers weren't at full strength. I understand that. Uh, but just in terms of watching the spacing and the ball movement and execution of what they try to do on a nightly basis, uh, I certainly give them an A for the other night. Tim, you tell me. Why do I smile and chuckle and almost laugh every time Joe Ingles makes a three? Because he's every man. You know, I think that Joe, you know, if you were to pass him anywhere out there, you just uh, he'd just be one of those other guys. I think what what makes Joe remarkably great is um, he is a, he is your average Joe. He's he's a guy who you know is certainly one of the fun guys to watch the way he competes. Um, I think his, uh, his level of craftiness is beyond compare. Um, and I just love his fire and his energy, but, uh, beyond all that, he's just, he's an extraordinarily good shooter. And what's really fun. And I think probably why we chuckle is we watched him, you know, last year, struggle with his confidence and kind of wonder if shots should be taken or not. I mean, there's zero of that now. He's very, very definitive about what he's doing out there. And when he is that way, um, you know, like in anything, when you get in a rhythm and a role, um, you know, whether it be golf or, um, you know, anything that you love to do, when you get in a rhythm, it's just awesome. You know, you don't even think about it. You just step up and, and make your play. So, I think that's where Joe is right now, um, one of the great shooters in the league. And um, be, in addition to that, I, I think Joe's a huge reason why, um, you know, Joe and Mike having multiple guys out there that can handle the ball takes a lot of pressure off, you know, Donovan being out for a few games. Certainly miss Donovan's dy- uh, dynamic approach and role. But these guys, you know, they can they can get the ball where it needs to go. They can get the guys set on what they need to do. Um, and I think it's a real luxury that we're seeing to have multiple guys with, mul- you know, a lot of vast experience running the team. 
So Joe's biggest games seem to come when either Donovan or Mike is out, and I can't help but think that's because he gets to run more pick and rolls, and when they're both there, he goes to the corner opposite Royce O'Neal usually, and those two guys wait and wait and see if somebody rotates away from them and they get the ball. Do the Jazz need to put Joe in the driver's seat and more pick and rolls? Are they a better team when he does that? And it means taking the hand, the ball out of Mike or Donovan or both of their hands for a few more possessions a game. How, how would you handle that? What would you suggest if you were an assistant to Quinn the way you were an assistant to Dave Rose? What would you What would you say behind closed doors? Well, I think that the the matchups kind of dictate that. Um, you know, that's what's beautiful about the playoffs become a very very strategic. Um, you know, a game where you are again playing that same team over and over and over again, and you're you're kind of trying to every single time find an advantage. I think that that's going to be something that we see, um, you know, the distribution of usage and pick and roll. Um, but I'm telling you, it is such a luxury. You just look around the league. There isn't, there aren't a whole lot of teams that have that ability to have shooters in all those spots. And then also multiple guys that can, can read, um, and make the right play coming off a ball screen. Um, Joe Joe's phenomenal that way. His uh, his understanding, and you know, oftentimes you see him wait till the very last second to either scoop one in, or you know, throw a late lob to Rudy, or even flip the ball cross court to to a teammate for a shot. Uh, I think he he possesses a really really keen understanding of the defense, uh, and I certainly would be uh, a fan of moving that distribution around as matchups indicate that, you know, it's a positive thing. And I think that's where Quinn and his staff have been phenomenal. Um, you know, they come out and the Jazz have the same objective every night. They want to they want to shoot threes and layups on the offensive end and get to the line. And on the defensive end, they obviously they want to protect the three-point line and the rim and not foul. And um, so – Lots of different ways to, to get those things accomplished, but a huge part of it is is knowing who's guarding you and, and your strengths against that, that person, and that's where the staff has a, a great amount of intel, and I think we're going to see more of that in the playoffs, DJ. Like everybody else, Tim, I was excited when I heard about the Dwayne Wade news coming aboard as uh, whatever minority ownership he's going to have in the stake as far as the Jazz go. And, you know, wow, he's going to help them get free agents and all that. And, and, you know, hopefully that's the case. My thought is that he's an addition and he's a supplement and, and, you know, he could help. But the strength of the organization is just that. And they've done so much right that I don't want it to overshadow it. I want it to be a part of the the whole, uh, not sales pitch, but just the whole part of why the entire organization is attractive rather than just one individual. You've been involved in recruiting younger kids. These guys are now pros, uh, so there is a little bit of a difference there. Uh, but to me, the, the Dwayne Wade thing is a great thing. But a greater thing is all the stuff that the Jazz have to offer. How do you see it? Yeah, I, I actually believe, um, you know, that the Jazz, you know, Salt Lake City, Utah, you know, and I heard a little blurb of your your buddy DJ over there, and I thought he actually said it pretty eloquently the other day. I think there are inherent things with this state, this culture, um, and some of the history that 
is just going to always be there. And I think what um, the organization has done is they certainly created an organization here that is first class. Um, you know, I think the Millers did a great job of putting this franchise in a position constantly to be successful. And that's really hard to do. I mean, you watch, you look around the league and you see teams really flounder for a long period of time. And, um, you know, this, this organization did a great job with the resources it had. I think they're, they, each and every person that's worked for the organization in different roles throughout the history, you know, has created a, a franchise that we all can get behind and get really excited about. But that being said, I think there's a lot of different things that have really kind of hurt through the years. And um, I think Ryan has the foresight to say, let's address some of that stuff. You know, it's not, it's not just, um, you know, let's be very, very out there with, with how we feel. And uh, I think this move does a couple different things. Um, number one, I think it's huge that it gives, uh, you know, Dwayne a seat at the table. Uh, I think there's a lot of organizations that are willing to bring guys, you know, former guys on and things like that as ambassadors. But in this instance, you know, to be able to actually have a seat at the table is is huge. Um, I think the second thing, and you mentioned it, is the free agent situation and the recruitment of players. Um, Recruiting and and players are the lifeblood of an organization. You know, that's that way in in high school, that way in college, you're you're going to be as good. Your coach is awesome, but you're going to be as good as your players can be. Um, and so you constantly have to go out and find the very best players that fit, and you feel great about, and and bring them in. And that's been a, a stumbling block through the years a little bit. And uh, so to have some, you know, some uh, somebody out there that actually you know, has done this at the highest level in a different place and can speak to the great things about this place. It's huge. Um, and then I think the third thing I would mention is just the expertise with the current players. Um, can you imagine, you know, at least me growing up, you know, a guy like Dwayne Wade for these guys is, uh, you know, for me is a Larry Bird or, a, um, you know, a Magic. And, and to have the... the daily association. Uh, and I know that Dwayne is very, very involved. I think he'll always, will, he will be. Um, you know, I know when he was here, I talked to a couple of people that, you know, he, the guys spent a ton of time in the locker room, more time in the locker room that night than they typically do because he was there and he's talking to guys. And so I think all those things kind of together make this extraordinarily cool. Um, I've gone on record. I, I, I think Ryan Smith's going to bring a championship to Utah. Um, you know, with with this organization, I think it's going to happen. When, Tim, when? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I don't know when. I'll, as, soon as, uh, as soon as that's revealed to me, I will. Um, <laughs> revealed? Makes me a little nervous. Culture, right? Yak uh, is applauding you. That was that was a PK-level play right there. Good job. Okay, I, I'm learning. I'm getting better. I think, hanging around. I, I've been a rookie, and and I see the vets. You know, every every opportunity I can, I study you guys. So, oh, um, no, but honestly, I, I think that that that's the end game. And you know, it's always been something that we've hoped for, but never overtly talked about. And, and I think that that's the difference. I think we're going to knock down things that have been stumbling blocks, um, and we're going to have a parade down down, I guess it would be Main Street, right? 
Eh, it could be state. Hard to know. State Street. Down on Main Street. <laughs> we need it. We need it. Down on Main Street. <laughs> That's a PK, too. Just randomly singing a lyric. <laughs> uh, maybe it could be a long parade. You know, they could go down State Street and come back up Main Street. No, no, no. It goes starts in Logan and goes be, down to St. George. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really cool, wouldn't it? US 89. Lined with people. Hey, and I'll probably tell you this. That's probably what Ryan would do because he does things bigger than most. So, you know, don't don't count that out. We could have perhaps a barnstorming tour all the way to St. George. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, it would be well received. I know when uh, RSL won the MLS Cup in 2009, they made a point of doing something in every county. And I didn't. I, I was I didn't see what happened in all these counties or anything. It's not, it's not like the torch relay, but the torch relay would be another example. People embrace it all over the state, so it, you, that would guys, work. That would work. Seen, you guys have seen the new intro when they when they intro the team, and they get little snippets of of people all over the state of Utah. You know, they've got got people in the city, and they've got ranchers, and you know, the thing that stood out to me is there's. It, it really is, you know, it's the fabric of our state is certainly changing. And I think that that's what's exciting is this move kind of signifies all the different things that are going on. And I'm telling you, you got to believe it. Um, but I think it, I think that this is one huge step in what I'm talking about here. And we'll see kind of the dividends play out uh, as time goes on. So I'm curious what you think right now of uh, all the teams that have guys out. Harden is now hurt in Brooklyn, and they are saying it's back to square one, so it sounds bad. Uh, And I've heard LeBron is, uh, we've all read that he's weeks away. And there's only four weeks left in the season. Don't these guys need a little bit of a runway playing, playing together, getting in the flow? I mean, it's not, you can't just throw an all-star team together and just pluck, throw some guy in for a week or 10 days before the playoffs and have it all work. Can you? Well, you know, I made the mistake about this time last year at watching a Lakers team that was, I would say close to floundering at the time um, with LeBron AD, you know, the lineup. And I made the mistake of saying, you know, I don't know that they can do this. And I really do think you have to kind of, at least in LeBron and AD's case, the, the greatness of those two guys and the fact they won it last year. Um, I'm with you. Typically, yeah, you do need a runway. You, that's why they have a preseason. Um, but I, I think these guys are, you know, we're seeing them in street clothes right now. I imagine they're getting some work in. Um, when they do play, it changes the whole dynamic of that team. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the thing that stood out to me the other night without them, it's just their length. They are just so big. They're so long. And you saw it affect the Jazz early in that game when they were really putting a lot of pressure. But I think the Jazz found something there that night against them. They really started to play on direct lines and put pressure you know, on the rim, which really caused other guys to have to give help that they didn't want to give. And it popped things for the Jazz. I think league-wide, the injury thing at this point is now a – it's one of those things that we all have to monitor and watch. But I think, with like Quinn said, the only thing the Jazz can control 
is what the Jazz do on a nightly basis. And, um, you know, they got an opportunity tonight to go, as somebody pointed out, it's a team, it's a palindrome game. You know, David Locke brings up the palindrome all the time, but the records are exactly the same in a palindrome. Um, and so this is a game the Jazz should, should win. But I remember Houston coming in here and giving the Jazz fits, you know. So uh, you can't take any game for granted, regardless of who's playing and who's not. Uh, I think the most important thing for the Jazz, like Quinn said the other night, is finding ways to get better. Um, you know, finding little things that perhaps, like you mentioned, DJ, Joe handling the ball and his usage, this may be something that spurs uh, some activity in the playoffs. You know, they find some things they can go to. Certainly the other night we saw Ilyasova go crazy from, you know, so you wonder, you know, in a certain situation, do the Jazz play with a stretch, you know, put a stretch five out there at times and maybe have Ilyasova play some of those minutes the favors is getting if the matchup's right. So those are the things you're looking for here in the last four weeks. Well, Tim, we don't want to uh, we don't want you to use all your good material here. That's a lie. We do, but we know you've got a, uh, a show coming up yourself, five o'clock for the pregame show today, and we will hear you then. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks so much. All right, Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio pre-half and post-game analyst, and we'll hear him tonight with Jake Scott. Pregame at five, and the game tips off at six. The Palindrome game. The Jazz are forty-three and fifteen. Houston Mirror Image. 15 and 43. A mere 28 games back, PK. They're right there. Yeah, they've been eliminated. DJ PK, more in a moment on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.